Hello, Gems. Welcome to another episode of Tiaras in Tech. I'm your host, Shelley Benhoff, and today I'm talking to Alexandra Mykich about leading with emotional intelligence. She is a Pluralsight author, professional scrum master, and yogi. We talked about the importance of self-awareness, common mistakes that people make when resolving conflict, and how to be a successful leader. Without further ado, on to the episode. Hey, Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you for inviting me. It's a real pleasure to be around all those wonderful ladies. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, let's get started by talking about how you um, started in tech. How I started in tech? Well, actually, I was pretty appalled by tech, and that was in college. And I never thought I would really, you know, work in the IT with all of the the people that are writing code and, you know, selling that to to other companies. But it was my first job that I landed and I really loved it. It was uh, ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning. And I had a, a role of a junior consultant. So my role was to actually learn about the processes of a company and then to work with the internal team and then. And, uh, apply all of this to the system and then make adjustments, talk to customers, see what their, their, real, uh, their real needs are. And that uh, gave me a real good mixture of people and tech. So that's actually why I've become so devoted to tech and why I love it, because I was able to see the benefits and how it can improve business and how we can move forward with it. So it's, you know, I, I stay there. And I think it's been close to 15 years that I'm in, in tech right now. Great. Yeah. For me, it's, 22 years. Um, okay. But I started um, early. All, all of the skills that you listed that you did for uh, ERP really sounded like multiple jobs to me. That's yeah. why I was yeah, yeah, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like um, early on in tech, they didn't have things figured out yet, you know, with like roles and stuff. Because when I started um, the term, developer was just everything we did like ux and front end yeah. and you know yeah you had database. to test everything yeah, yeah. Totally. i even did some testing so oh good yeah. yeah um and it's it's just interesting how i mean it's a lot of work yeah on one person but at the same time i think that you learn a lot when um you have roles where you know you're obviously like cross-trained in multiple roles, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that that's a real benefit. And I think it was a treasure for me back then because I was really young, just entering the market and I was able to see the economy side and how actually companies you know, make budgets, do plannings, how, do, how does their production work? And then I had to see it all in a software solution, you know? So that was really, really valuable. Absolutely. I would, yeah, I was never, I actually never thought that, you know, I would be working with databases, writing down some SQLs or something, but that also came like, well, I have to do this if I want to be, you know, standalone consultant. So 
I had really good colleagues, I have to say you, I have to tell you that, and they were really helpful. We were a great team. So that made, I'd say that transition process and integration smoother than, than it would be without them. Absolutely. I think that, uh, especially early on, we all need support, um, yeah. which is why I, I mentor a lot of people, um, because I, I never had that support early on. I didn't have a mentor until uh, 10 years into my career. I think I would definitely suggest that younger people have multiple mentors for, you know, just support. You need someone to talk you down from, um, imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. is what I do the most with people. And, um, it, it just, you need to have people who care about you. Yeah. And that isn't always your, your colleagues, you know? Um, mm, yeah. 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 At times. Yeah. And I think that mentoring is really important at this moment because yeah. we're all apart working from homes, working remotely all over the globe. And that's when we can feel alone, hitting a wall, Right. So it's, yeah. it's really significant to have that person you can reach and then talk, talk with and then settle everything you, you need to settle. That's, it, that, yeah, that's awesome. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me the past two years, I've almost quarantined the whole time, but like that was my lifestyle before COVID. So my okay. lifestyle was quarantine. Um, yeah, because I, I have calls with people, you know, I, I talk to people, uh, daily, so I'm not really alone. And I can also talk to people from all around the world like you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, let's talk about Pluralsight. We are Pluralsight authors together. Um, we each teach, uh, the same types of leadership content. And I was just wondering how you started. I don't think that Mm -hmm. I've heard this story before. I've started a couple of years ago because a friend of mine uh, is also an author, Milena Paich. And she actually, yeah. And I actually saw her doing courses and she talked to me about it, all the process and how she loved it. And then she recommended me. So I because I really wanted to be able to share my knowledge, experience and everything, you know, I I could acquire and gather in the industry and pass it on to other people. So that was a huge thank you to her for recommending me. And so I enjoyed that part of being able to teach somebody else the things that I've had to work hard to uh, learn. And uh, Especially, I think, for younger people who are just entering the industry, who are not certain about their career paths, it's really important that they have different kinds of platforms to choose from, uh, subjects to choose from, so they can shape their careers and say, well, okay, this is for me, this isn't, but it was great that you told me that in the course, and that's, that's great, and that's also the kind of feedback that I get from my courses. Especially, well, this is for me, this isn't for me, thank you for clearing this out, or I'm learning to become 
this and this and your course on feedback or effective communication was really helpful there. So that's, I think, the greatest uh, gain for me and benefit for, for the people that actually want to learn like this. Because yeah. when, you know, when the two of us were starting, uh, there wasn't so many or uh, so many courses available, right? There were, we could read books uh, and talk to somebody, but so many, I, I don't know, different knowledge, a different experience wasn't shared this easily. Exactly. So for me, yeah. Yeah. So I think that the saying goes like, uh, love, multi uh, love shared is love multiplied, right? Yeah. So I, I take that for knowledge. So if we don't share it, we cannot multiply it. So that, that's it. And that's why I've always um, stood up for sharing knowledge within the companies that I've been working with. And, you know, so for, so the teams can gather, uh, talk about projects, technologies, management styles, how they handle customers, how they handle customer complaints. Does that affect their work? Uh, do they have a bad day if they get, if they receive a negative email, for, for example? And that's all important for people to share because you never know what the other person is going through and you never know how they react and if they are productive or not, if they are willing to learn maybe something else and progress somewhere else. So that's why I really love that, the idea that we can share and you know take whatever we think uh, it's important to us. Exactly, yeah. I think that it is uh, a crucial time now to teach proper leadership skills. I think yeah. that this whole, you know, great resignation that's happening is a testament to managers and leadership who are stuck in the past. They're still, yeah. um, you know, using command and control style of leadership. And that was for the industrial age. Yeah. We are in the participation age where people, you know, want to have purpose and meaning in their work and yeah. to be yeah. treated um, well. And I've I've actually been doing um, research on this because I'm like, when is the pandemic going to end? You know, yeah. like the plague was two years. The Spanish flu was two years, you know, like, so I think that we're almost there, but I think that this has caused people and, you know, I'm, I'm included to look at their lives and yeah. Just be happy every day, make changes. Yeah. And that means a job. Usually yeah. my, my Twitter feed is full of people who are like, I got a new job. I'm, just <laughs> like, I'm sure you did. You know, that's <laughs> what's happening right now. It's, um, it's amazing. I was, I was also reading, um, after the plague, I think it was in 13, 48, I think, um, medieval times, right? Like mm -hmm. the labor shortage caused workers and like serfs to demand better treatment. So mm -hmm. this isn't new. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is not a new thing that the human beings do. It's just kind of amplified right now, you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think that everything 
happens in circles and iterations. So does this. So I think we reached the, the peak and, you know, I hold your word for these two years because I'm really tired of the, the pandemic oh and, and wearing masks and it's, you know, I often forget it. So I have to go back and, yeah. Um, but I think uh, that people are aware of their priorities and, like you said, what brings them, what was, what brings joy to their lives and what they want to contribute their lives to. What, um, what do they want to do if they want to travel the world, for example, or not have a, a home in a single city in a single country, and that's perfectly fine. And. Um, to me, it was actually uh, the time to make crystal what my priorities are. And that's what, uh, I, that's what Pluralsight also gave me this opportunity because I have the freedom to plan my own time. I have this flexibility. I can uh, stay at home with my kids when I want to and when I have to because they, they are you know young and they, they've just started school. So they need my support at the moment and uh, that that's what it's crystal cl clear to me okay this is what I want to do and how I want to do it and uh, through all these changes I think that also people are uh, more aware of their boundaries and uh, what they can you know go for and what are the limitations and the things that they really don't want to do and the terms that they didn't want to play under and I think that's really positive I I from this whole pandemic that's the the greatest benefit I think exactly. uh, company owners like you said you know the old school leadership style um, is not okay with it and but that's also fine because we'll it will pass you know and we will adjust and just start moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. And I also um, love to see managers who, who took our courses, right? And it's helped them to retain talent, because um, you have to, you know, ensure that people aren't burnt out in a good way is emotional intelligence. Um, which is, you know, something that is important to us yeah. both. Yeah. And so many, um, managers lack that skill and they aren't even aware that their own behavior like impacts, you know, everybody else. And I always say, if you're in leadership or, you know, just a human being, you have to understand that you, your words and actions have the power to ruin someone's day. You Makes want sense. to be sure that you make a person's day hmm. instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Through just support and you know, proper leadership. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes just, just pleasant communication is enough. Mm-hmm in handing over tasks or sending emails or just making calls, that's enough for you because I personally have, you know, issues with someone uh, 
be with someone who's a bully, who's got that, you know, strong attitude that it has to be done the way that they want it to be done. Mm-hmm. And when you ask, it's because I said so. Well, that's not a proper answer at all. Yep. Yeah. So I like to stay away from those kind of leadership styles. And I hope that they're vanishing. I hope so. There will always be some um, for sure. But, you know, times are changing and the young people that are entering the industry are different from when we were young uh, at their age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they do ask questions. They don't have uh, the problem to say, well, I'm not happy here. I'll go somewhere else. And that will also uh, have uh, impact on, on companies, leaderships, uh, and, and managers to adapt their leadership styles. And that that's also okay. Right. Yeah. I feel like the way forward is for leadership to not promote people who are not fit for management. You know, I cannot tell you how many times I have worked a job where I am clearly fit for management. I teach it. And all of a sudden I see some, you know, developer with no soft skills at all be promoted into management and they literally avoid conflict. They don't, you know, follow up on things. Mm. They expect to hand out instructions and people will just do it. Mm won't answer questions yeah. when people ask. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't please, work. Yeah. please leaders <laughs> be, actually, I, I put that into a course of mine um, that's out soon. Uh, it actually might be out, you know, by the time uh, <laughs> okay. this episode's out, but moving from technical professional to management in the very first clip, I say what a manager does. And I even say, you know, if you're going into this for the wrong reasons, like stop taking this course. (laughs) I mean it. That's how I'm so just like, don't, don't go into management because it's a power trip or it's, you know, the next step. Yeah. 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 It doesn't doesn't have have to be. be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. You can actually absolutely stay technical or or whatever, or make your own path, right? Yeah. Yeah, because like you say, make your own path, because there are so many possibilities at the moment. Back then, we had one project manager, a couple of developers, a tester, and, you know, that was it. But now we have delivery managers, you know, we have leaders for some specific projects. We do have tech managers, project managers. There's a variety of roles and there's a variety of paths. And that's great uh, to choose from. Um, I personally really like uh, that when people know where they want to go so I can support their individualism. But if somebody is not sure, then why not give it a try, right? But if you see that, for example, management is not for you, then, you know, step back and you can just take something else. It's not the end of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time where I thought management wasn't for me because I I had such a horrible time the first time out. But again, I didn't have Pluralsight to learn from. I, Mm -hmm. you know, had like blogs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But um, the Pluralsight courses, yours and everyone else who teaches, you know, soft skills, 
that it's taught me so much. I want to talk about your course on, um, uh, what is it called? Like, um, <laughs> giving, uh, giving feedback, feedback. to yeah. difficult personalities, right? Yeah. I listened to this course and it actually helped me in my personal life, which oh, a lot yeah. of them do because I was a people pleaser. And so and I would like agree or whatever and try to um, rein in difficult people by being, you know, too um, soft, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, what, uh, how do you um, explain how to handle difficult people? Mm -hmm. Well, I just go one step back because nowadays when we say soft skills, I think, and somebody actually said it, and I agree with it, that there are hard skills. Not everyone can be good at it, but they can be learned, right? But today they're necessary for a person to be, you know, a complete, uh, I don't know, uh, experienced worker. That's, I think that that's uh, what's important. And when it comes to difficult people, we have all been around them, that's for sure, whether in our private lives, personal lives, or whether uh, in our companies. And uh, why are they difficult? Because they uh, actually have a set of behaviors that they repeat over and over and over. And then you can see some models and you can uh, say that a person is difficult. For example, um, if a person is loud, assertive, wants to have it their way. Uh, it's, con well, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, really, really controlling, really okay, likes yeah. to, yeah, That's really funny. likes to criticize, criticize all the time. Then this person is a bully, definitely. Sometimes you can see it right away. Sometimes you can't, but if you work with someone long enough, then you will see that these behaviors actually, they repeat, repeat, repeat. So I had a, a super, super um, experienced, a super successful boss who was a bully. And that was, I don't know, 10 years ago, let's say. And uh, I stopped working there because after a while, it was not fun. It was not interesting. It was all the things that I did wrong. And within that company, we had a policy that if there's no feedback, that's a good thing. And I, I also talk about it in my course. And if there's a feedback, it will be negative. So I don't know how strong you have to be, you know, just to be able to listen, well, this is, this could be done differently. Why didn't you ask? Why didn't you do this? Uh, this is, you know, do it again or something like that. So uh, these people, if, if you can't find ways to uh, share your ideas, to uh, make them listen to you, to be able to communicate your values, then it's, it's really I think not an option to stay there because of your mental health, your physical health, you know, the overall satisfaction with the work you do, because it just can't end right. Um, yeah, so that good, but bullies are really hard, you know, and often really successful. 
because you know they are strong they can be the loudest in the room so they can maybe sell the ideas that are not the best out of the the presented ones but it's their style and there will there will always be somebody to come in to work you know and people will change but then it affects the company culture, the team culture, the team spirit, and, and everything that goes with it. Some people have problems with it, some don't, and that's fine for them to choose. But um, a lot of people actually are people pleasers just because uh, then people tend to satisfy everyone and then maybe try to avoid conflict because they find it like a really negative and some kind of a attack on their personality mm -hmm. and um, I think that could be also a matter of culture as well depending on where you grow up uh, how your parents raised you what did you learn at school etc and uh, in that trying to please everybody then at the end of the day you will not please yourself yeah. right and you will not please anyone else because you know uh, if if your superior tells you well this could have been better than oh you didn't fulfill that one right you didn't do your job well so uh, for me uh, I think the the hardest pe difficult people to work with for me are the egomaniacs yeah because I don't like to tell people what they would like to hear, right? So that, that's my personal attitude. And uh, egomaniacs love to be flattered, love to be told that they are the best, that they do everything, you know, like they have superpowers. And if, if I don't see it, I won't tell it, of course. But, you know, that's also sometimes you have to be really um, savvy to 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 have some conversations and to sustain some uh, professional relationships. That's also part of, of the job. But then again, you choose what you want to do. You can you have to bear with the consequences. And that's it. That's why we're grown ups. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're grown ups. Do you ever yeah. feel like we're teaching like stuff that we learned in kindergarten that adults have just forgotten yeah. and yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like that yeah. every time <laughs> i do a clip on like staying positive or you know just like emotional intelligence in general i think is higher in children than it is in adults yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can see that. I see that with my kids. Whenever uh, they have uh, their friends come over, you can see who likes to share, who likes to lead, who <laughs> likes to support everyone else in the group, who's, uh, who's constantly nagging, who's bragging. You know, you can see that in, those, in their small groups. Yeah. And those are the behaviors that we take with ourselves when we grow up. But sometimes, you know, during school, college and work and, and relationships with people, we tend to mute some down, we level some up. And then I think in stressful situations, they, they can all just come out of us bursting. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And it's interesting because as a woman, if I explode at work, I'm, I'm a problem. But if a man does it, he's, you know, strong. Yeah, I'm just like, I've that's I yeah. I've been labeled difficult. I think at almost every job I've ever had, just because you know I just wanted to be listened to. 
That's all. Oh, or maybe you were needy. Hmm. That, that that's why. Yeah, that's that's I think one of the the top labels that women get if they ask too many questions and have strict requests like you're too needy. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. I never thought about that before. And it was also kind of like because of all the microaggressions thrown at me every day, I really valued positive uh feedback. And so I would work, you know, 10 times harder than everyone. Yeah. And I, I would never say no to overtime or working, you know, every weekend for six months and stuff like that. So setting boundaries, a good thing. Yeah. And it's very funny because once I started doing that, people respected me more. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's of course you yeah, you have to, you know, back back it up with your knowledge, with your experience. That's that's um, that's number one. But you're you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about conflict resolution because that is another thing that I think people make a lot of mistakes. And I was wondering what mistakes you've seen people um, do in resolving conflict? Mm -hmm. Well, I think number one for, for most of people is taking conflict as a fight and personal attack. And that's when our emotions get involved and we start to defend automatically. So that's, that's a, that's a problem because uh, then you cannot think rationally. You cannot see the points. Maybe Maybe the other side is really telling you something that you need to hear, but you can just block it out because, oh, this is a personal attack. Oh, I'll get back at you with, I don't know, another set that I have under. So that's that's number one. And that's why we should not take conflicts personally. I'm not saying that they aren't sometimes, but anyways. Uh, so... When we speak with people, uh, it's always great to um, refer to their behavior, not the attitude. So, for example, you will not say, well, you're a bad person because you did this, but then you could have done this differently. Let's talk about this. And then people will be more uh, free to have that conversation. And... Uh, they will, will not feel as attacked probably. But with conflict, that's definitely number one. So don't take it personally and then try to take a little break and uh, see some rational points. A good thing to do is to ask a lot of questions to be able to understand why the other side or other sides are pointing out to, uh, to something, to a certain action or certain behavior or some project issue, for example. And then uh, you can see from, the, from their perspective how they actually uh, see it, understand it, why they think it's negative, why it's a conflict, and, and so on. Actually, uh, there's a scientist, uh, Dr. Friedrich uh, Glassel, and he has this model of conflict resolution. There are nine stages. So nine stages, that's a long way that you have to go to get to that, the, the last one is together into the abyss. So there's no resolution. And I always talk about it, uh, that movie, The War of the Roses, mm, when yeah. Michael Douglas and Kathleen Thurn, they end up divorced in a house that's 
totally burned down and that's they are in the abyss there's no resolution there but there are these steps till that ninth right so in the first three we don't need a third party so if you feel like you cannot resolve a conflict positively then it's really good to ask a third party to be that ratio to see both perspectives and to give in some uh, comments suggestions and to help out what also people think is they uh, usually that they have to resolve this conflict right away like in five minutes or ten minutes but it's it's really good just to leave it and sleep over and then come back then you will be less emotionally attached you will have uh, some time to think about it to maybe talk to somebody else who is not uh, involved at all so you can hear other people's opinions and then you'll be able to uh, sit calmly and speak with person of course uh, this means that you as a person have to uh, be aware of how you behave what actually you do and uh, it takes i think it takes uh, some courage and it takes uh, self-awareness to be able to resolve some difficult conflicts uh, successfully. Absolutely. Self-awareness. That yeah. is, I, I literally just recorded a clip on emotional intelligence. And the number one thing is to be self-aware and to be open to um, criticism. There are so many yeah. people in this world that if they are presented with any kind of criticism, even if it's constructive and, you yeah. know, said in a nice way, it like breaks their brain or something. They just can't, they yeah. immediately get mad. Um, yeah. And that's really, really hard yeah. in um, trying to resolve anything. But mm -hmm. I, I really like what you said about sleeping on it. You yeah. know, that is, um, really useful to, as you said, just calm yourself down so you don't approach it as emotionally yeah. as you would. Yeah. Yeah. A great tactic. If, if the things really heat up, you can just say, okay, let's stop here, walk away, come back after five minutes, 10, a lunch break, and then continue. That that's, that's a really good one. That's an excellent point. I will, yeah, I will have to use that, except yeah. that I don't, I, I haven't experienced, you know, tension um, in a while okay. because I, I run my own company and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's only a couple people, you know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. but keep um, that somewhere in mind, <laughs> keep it in mind. Yeah. If yeah. it ever happens in the yeah. future, actually, it would probably happen in my personal life a lot easier than it would happen in my yeah. professional one <laughs> yeah 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 but it's completely okay to step away and say let's take a break and then continue absolutely i've been yeah because i've been in meetings where we couldn't agree with uh, the customer about what the actual requir requirements were what was delivered you know and then money is money is involved finances budgets plannings and that's what makes people edgy and that's where i've learned that with with my ex colleague who was really experienced um, at the moment and said well let's take a break shall we and then he told me well shit hit the fan so we you know we need a little break and that's that's true 
Absolutely. It yeah. is extremely true. Um, have you had any negative experiences as a fellow woman in tech? Um, well, usually um, when, uh, because I was doing, uh, let's say, presentations and, and demos of software uh, services and products that uh, my company was uh, selling. And usually when it comes to going to further questions, there was, okay, is there a boss in your company? Or, you know, something like that. So I did take it personally at the beginning, but then I saw it as kind of a repetition. And I said, well, no, this is me. I I have everything. I, I, I will answer everything that you ask. If I don't have the immediate answers, then I will send them over to you. I will follow up. And throughout that process, I've also learned that it's completely fine to say, I don't know at this moment, but I will get back, which is also important for that self-awareness. And because one person can't know everything, that's for sure. So it was, yeah, that is there a male boss or just a boss in your company who can answer some questions. And um, there was one time that I really felt uncomfortable and unpleasant. I was on the board of the cluster of local IT companies. And there was a huge uh, meeting of all of the members. There was an important issue. And we were at the table. And I was the only woman among 20 plus uh, companies. So those were the owners or CEOs. And when I saw that, that was like weird and it hit me like okay why am i the only female person sitting here and i was among the youngest ones and i didn't feel comfortable at all absolutely there were no comments there were no rude nothing but just you know it wasn't naturally exactly it's really really hard to be the only woman at the table yeah, I gotta say, yeah, it's just yeah. like you don't know um, how what you say will be taken, I guess. Um, but I think that a trend I've I've heard in almost like every person I've had on who's you know experienced is that after you're in tech for a while, you just I don't know if you you get used to the microaggressions and and being you know talked down to or if we just don't care anymore and we're like we're here we plant our flag and we're just like we're not leaving (laughs) yeah I'm not overthinking it you know like you said I'm here I know my work and I'm willing to learn more every day Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely I've um worked a lot of dev, you know, jobs, I was absolutely the only woman on the team. And um, I was almost always hated on that team. But I was loved by literally every other team, you know, and, and the clients. (laughs) I think that says a lot about what was going on there. (laughs) But I think the structure changes. I think there are more and more women in tech. And yes. that's great. Yeah. And uh, younger girls, they are into coding. 
they're not afraid to, to take their chance. And that's really great. There are a lot of, um, I don't know, uh, organizations that support women in tech. And Absolutely. that's that. That's super, super uh, beneficial. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for us, I think personally, we are representing women on on plural site which is seen by how how many people i mean i have like yeah thousands of students every month um and it just really touches me when a female student reaches out and is like thank you so much for teaching me these skills you know it's helped yeah. me and all this stuff those are the people i mentor a lot you know, because they are like reaching out. And so I just kind of jump in anyone that's listening to this, just, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I love to help women be successful. That's, yeah. that's it. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And it, um, it helps when we have people in the industry to look to like, uh, yeah. Julie, Lerman is mm -hmm. like a, a huge one for me. She's yeah. a plural site author that I had on um last year. And I also yeah. had a you had Deborah. Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah. Karada. She is one of the top authors on yeah. Plural Site, and she is the only female in the top, I think, 10 authors. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I would awful. really love to hear that she is the top author, like number one, because I know that at a time that was true. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're cheering. We are cheering. Yeah. 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 But I mean, everything that has happened to you made you stronger. You're a, plural site author now and that is not an easy feat they are yeah. very selective they only yeah. choose 10 percent of applicants and i've actually heard that that's actually less now um so they're even like more um picky yeah and that's uh i think that other uh, that plural side has this great uh community of authors and yes, yes. and the, the the content is super high quality and I really love that about and I, I really love that they're raising the bar uh, all the time absolutely That's, yeah the author community I credit them with you know lifting me out of my horrible dark depression and giving me um advice and that is why I am a full-time author now because yeah. they helped me. And the other thing I've told a lot of people, the plural site author Slack channel is the only Slack channel I have ever been a part of where <laughs> no, no man has ever said anything wrong to me or, you yeah. know, like yeah. everybody trying to like take yeah. me down in, in any way. And yeah. like, they um, are happy to publicly support us as well yeah which i yeah 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 i enjoy that's really important yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like yeah. that really um changed our lives and sent it in a much yes. better direction <laughs> that i i complete with you 100 percent yes yeah, absolutely yeah 
Well, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. Um, and I, uh, yeah, so <laughs> where can people um, find you? Are you having any um, upcoming courses or speaking mm -hmm. engagements? Well, I'm active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Also, I have an Instagram profile that I'm building at the moment. And uh, this is where they can reach me also through Plural Site. For this year, I'm, uh, I'm preparing a couple of new courses. And also, I will be starting to uh, do workshop and consultations online. And I hope that when the pandemic is done, that I will be able to do it in person with people who live nearby. So this is like uh, my project for this year to start workshops and consul consultations based on the courses that I've been um, that I've been publishing uh, for plural for plural site. That's amazing. I'll, yeah. you know, I'll absolutely sign up for those. I'll hear Great. anything that you have to say. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you so much um, for your time. I yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. There was, uh, it, was, it was really nice to share uh, my thoughts with you and the things I know and to hear from you. I'm, I would say I'm a learner devoted, so I really like to learn and I adore your courses. And thanks for having, having me again. I'll keep on following your work. <laughs> thanks. If you want to support us, please like, subscribe, and share this yeah. episode with your fellow gems. Let me know in the comments what other topics you would like me to cover and follow TRs and Tech on social media. Thanks for watching or listening and have a great day.